Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. My next guest earned his Bachelor's of Science and Master's of Arts degrees from Central Michigan University, his Doctorate of Philosophy from Ohio State University. He's passionate about teaching, coaching, and writing. He served as the superintendent of schools in his hometown of Saginaw. Then he served as superintendent in Toledo Public Schools and then in Seattle Public Schools. In 1985, he founded Performance Learning Incorporated, a business dedicated to educating, motivating, and empowering athletes, entertainers, and leaders and teams across the spectrum of business, industry, and education. He also served as an adjunct professor and speaker at several universities, including Harvard, Ohio State University, Central Michigan, and Saginaw Valley State University. He's the author of several books. He's actually working on his 10th book. And I'm also talking with him today about a program I'm involved in called Achieving Balance Well-Being. He's also a professional entertainer, singer, and guitarist. And we're going to actually play a piece of his music here on the show this morning. Please welcome Dr. Don Steele. How are you, Don? I'm fine. Thank you for uh, doing this interview today. It's such a pleasure talking with you. You have such a wonderful background, uh, great experience that really led you into being a speaker, a writer, and I'm going to talk to you about all of that. But how did uh, how how did you end up in this kind of leadership position as a as a coach and speaker and uh, and, and writer? Um, it it was a long trail, but I started out uh, as an eight year old being the coach and shortstop for our baseball team. And uh, I was the organizer. I made sure we got shirts and hats, and I, I made called all the practices and just became the coach. And I, I liked coaching. And, uh, and I also liked uh, psychology and philosophy. My mother always bought these great books and uh, World Books, Britannica, all these things, because she said she only had 11th grade education because of the uh, depression. But... She finished her high school at 57 uh, up in Tawas High School, but she uh, she was really uh, motivated for me to be to get a good education, and the coaching was always there for me. Um, that's why I got interested in psychology primarily uh, through sports. Uh, I learned about affirmations and visualization and some of those kinds of things. And when I did my doctorate at, at the Ohio State University, um, I had coached only one team. It was a junior high team, St. Peter and Paul's, and they had lost 12 games in two seasons. And so I took over and with my uncle Bill and I, we led them to an undefeated season in the championship. Wow. Then I was offered the job at my home school of St. Andrews and they ultimately gave it to somebody else. And I was very disappointed. Uh, and so I decided to get my master's degree and then I went on to get my doctorate in philosophy with psychology and education being the two primary areas. But I, I always focused on how can I use this information with athletes and entertainers and people that I see as high performing. So I mm -hmm. focused on learning the thought processes of high performance. How do they think? Mm -hmm. And that got me to work with the NFL and with the NBA and with uh, all these the NASCAR because I was a neck up coach. I didn't show the NASCAR drivers how to drive. I didn't show the football players how to throw <laughs> the ball and kick it. Uh, I, I taught how to think and how to think and perform under pressure. I love it. A neck up coach. Sylvester Stallone. And then... <laughs> That's 
awesome. Yeah, that's the next episode. That's what I So you said you work with Sylvester Stallone? Uh, in, uh, yeah, I worked with a number of people that were, uh, um, you know, high-performing uh, actors and uh, athletes and entertainers. So tell me, Don, you... But Sylvester you, Stallone was making a movie called... What is it? Oh, I'll, I'll just finish that. Sylvester Stallone was making... He was making a movie called Driven where he was a race car driver. Uh-huh. And I had racing schools in Las Vegas at that time teaching people how to embed speed in the organization and they actually get to drive the race cars, NASCAR and IRL cars. And he came out there and we taught him how to drive and how to navigate the tracks and all that kind of stuff that was in the movie. Wow, that is so cool. That is awesome. What a, what a great experience you've had, Don. And you've also are working on your 10th book. So you've written nine books. Tell us about the books. that were, What really led you to write these books and give us a kind of a background about them. Well, I, I turned out because my mother always was interested in, and she knew I was a good student early on. And, and she, uh, she said, uh, you know, she bought the World Back Encyclopedias, uh, the great books, all those kinds of things that uh, she wanted me to, to, you know, really be educated. I think my dad thought she was trying to break the family financially, but uh, <laughs> I, I took that stuff and uh, really, really got into it. And she said the best way to write is to copy down so word for word. Yeah, copy down word for word what Plato said or Aristotle said or, uh, you know, various uh, psychologists and philosophers and then write it in your own words. Mm. So I became a pretty good when I was at Ohio State, they had a federal project called the Governance Project, trying to determine how state-level policies are made in 12 different states that represented different kinds of governance structures. So I had to in and I asked for California, New York, and Michigan, and they gave me Texas, Tennessee, and Georgia. Well, I had a <laughs> rock and roll band travel around. I love that because I was I would go out to the bars at night, sit in with all these musicians, and then ended up doing albums with. Tammy Lynette and Willie Nelson and uh, playing lead shows for Merle Haggard, Asleep at the Wheel, and a number of uh, Hoyt acts and a number of great acts. Loved it. Loved the country music. And that kept me, kept, music was always part of my background, just like coaching was. What got you into becoming a professional musician? And you've worked with some amazing talent from Nashville. Yeah, what got me into it was when I was superintendent of schools in Seattle, uh, they asked me to, to hold house parties and raise $10,000 a year for the scholarship fund. And I didn't think I wanted to do that. Um, I, you know, I don't like to bring people together and say, give me money. Uh, so my business manager, a fellow named Dick Fuller, who was a great friend and great business manager, said, you know, you can play and sing. Why don't you make an album? So it was actually his idea. And he said, thinking financially, if you can sell 10,000 records at $10 a piece, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's that would raise $100,000 of the interest rates, which were about 10% at the time. That would uh, produce that $10,000 forever. Now it's still producing uh, $17,3500 scholarships a year after after 35 years or whatever it was when I did 30 years ago when I did the album. I did it in 1986, I think. So... Uh, uh, when in putting that together, a friend of mine that I played with, on, I would sit in with, uh, Cheryl Arnold and the Blue Mariah uh, band, they invited me to sing with them, and uh, so did Ira Allen and his band. 
And so I was playing a lot, and uh, I thought this album was possible. So we went to the Danny Kay studio in uh, Seattle and started to do some of the songs. And then the Cheryl Arnold said, you should go to Nashville and talk to Dennis Knutson, who's a great songwriter. So I went to see Denny. Denny introduced me to Jerry Taylor, another songwriter. Jerry and Denny introduced me to George Ritchie. Well, I didn't know who he was, but he was a very famous producer. And he happened to be married to Tammy Wynette. Oh. And we wrote the song. We wrote the whole album. It's called uh, Let's All Pull Together for the Scholarship Fund. About a kid growing up in Seattle and having bigger dreams than his parents did. And uh, they didn't have the money to do it. And all. It's a, it's a very well-written album, oddly enough. And I give most of the credit to them because they're the real songwriters, although I've written songs. They did that for a living. The album uh, just took off. It got in all the newspapers. And, oh, part of what happened was after I went to see George Ritchie at his house, they had me go sing first in a, in a bar in Printer's Alley. And uh, the Juma sisters were there. And uh, they looked like they'd been spray-painted on stage. I mean, they were really attractive young ladies and... and, and uh, um, very tight-fitting suits, and here I am in a suit and wingtips shoes. And they asked me to come up and sing, and so I went up and sang one song, and then they said, stick around, so I did a whole set with it. And that convinced the songwriters that I was good enough to do an album. And then they went over to George Ritchie's house, and this beautiful blonde lady came down the steps from the Tammy Lynette. And that was, her, that was his wife, and I had no idea. Anyway, I just got introduced to her, and that was it. About a few weeks later, I got a call that they had played the demos for her, and she agreed to sing a duet with me on the album, which really catapulted the thing into a whole new... And we ended up doing the whole album in Nashville. Then three years later, Connie Nelson called me. That's Willie Nelson's wife at the time. And said, would you be willing to do something with Willie Nelson with Catholic Charities? For <laughs> Catholic Charities. So I said, uh, would I be willing? I'd be honored. you know." So I uh, did an album where Willie and I did a uh, thing together. And I went out there and... and Watched him produce the movie Preacher's Wife and uh, had a lot of interaction with him. And uh, that album produced a lot of money for Catholic charity. So my albums have been uh, for philanthropic reasons, really. And then most recently, I did one for the Mustard Seed Shelter in Saginaw that's uh, for homeless moms and their children. It's a wonderful program run by Amy Bartels Rowe. And uh, we produced that album locally here in Saginaw using mostly Saginaw musicians. I used a 19-year-old drummer from the Berkeley, Berkeley School of Music that I worked with, and I also used a guitar player and fiddle player from uh, Scottsdale that I played with. I lived in Scottsdale for a lot of years. So that album came together, and now we're looking at possibly doing another one for the under, Underground Railroad. But the music part is always fun, and it does a lot of good. And uh, um, we got a whole studio set up here with all the all the equipment. Bands come in, practice, Motown bands, country bands, Mexican group, uh, all kinds of uh, musicians come in here and practice. We don't charge for that. So, Don, I want to play one of your uh, pieces uh, about Saginaw here on the show, so we'll play that. I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. I grew up in a house near Saginaw Bay And my dad was a hard-working fisherman Too many times he came home with new 
little pain I loved a girl in Saginaw, Michigan The daughter of a wealthy, wealthy man But he called me that son of a Saginaw fisherman Not good enough to claim his daughter's hand Now I'm up here in Alaska Looking around for gold Like a crazy fool I'm digging in This frozen ground so cold Each passing day I pray I'll strike it rich And then I'll go back home Claim my love Saginaw, Michigan I wrote my love In Saginaw, Michigan I said, honey, I'm coming home Please wait for me Tell your dad I'm coming home A richer man I hit the biggest claim In Klondike history I certainly didn't write the song. I wish I had, but 
I did not know that. I just listened to it, Don, and I did not know you. I I was just going to ask you what inspired you to write that, and you didn't write that. I love the story. Um, it, so how yeah. can we get? How can people listening here get copies of these um, songs? Are they on iTunes? Can they download them? How do they get them? Uh, there's multiple ways, but the best way to go is the Mustard Seed Shelter website, uh, and they can also uh, get them through through me if they call. And we ask for a $25 donation. It's a two-set CD, 20, 10 songs on each CD, and then it's a 20-song USB, you know. Yeah, kind yeah. Of plug in. Yeah. All right. Um, but we ask for a $25 donation, and uh, people have been real good about doing that without any questions. Some dedicate a lot more, and some haven't paid at all, but uh, we, we still want them to have the, uh, the album. So how do we get Can you give out your information so they can reach you? Yeah, Dr. Don Steele, and my email is drdons, D-R-D-O-N-S, 426, at gmail.com. The Mustard Seed Shelter website is the one that uh, okay. uh, that they should go to. Okay, uh, Mustard Seed Shelter website, and then you can also email Dr. Don Steele as well uh, for that album. I really encourage you to get it. The music is awesome. I just listened to it. And we just played a piece here for you here on Itcher Community, and there's many more songs where that came from. So I also want to talk to you, uh, Dr. Don Steele, about the Achieving Balanced Well-Being, which I'm actually going through right now, and I'm really excited to be working with you as a coach myself in uh, using this tool with my own clients. So tell us about Achieving Balanced Well-Being. Okay, a little background. I worked with the Pacific Institute uh, back in uh, the 19, late 19, mid-1980s and on for about five years. And then I left them and did my own thing. But they called about a year ago and, and said they were working on, a, uh, working on a project that they wanted my help on. And uh, it was called Achieving Balanced Well-Being. And what it was they wanted to create a book that taught the thought processes of high performance people like I teach and like some of them teach in doing that, they wanted to do it COVID friendly. So what, what's COVID friendly? Well, it meant that uh, we're going to put all this on video and it's not a talking head. It shows, you've seen it. It shows uh, examples of what they're talking about and it's got support videos and a self, uh, self check, self test. And uh, people can, once they get on, they can watch the program over and over again. And then the second part is after you, a group of people have watched the program on their own, on their computer, on their cell phone or whatever, then they um, get on a Zoom call. And the facilitator doesn't need to know what I know or, or, or you know, any, anything like that. The facilitator just simply needs to ask questions that we, we spell out for them, like, does that concept make sense to you? Uh, we can talk about cognitive dissonance. I'll use that. Yeah, pre-dissonance and post-dissonance. Talk about a couple getting married. This is a kind of example of, you know, the, the bride, the woman always has a bridesmaid. Why? Because the bridesmaid says when they're, when they're uh, talking, uh, well, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And the bridesmaid will say, oh, yeah, you will. That killed the dissonance, what's called pre-dissonance. On the other hand, the guy tends to pick a friend who says you're making a huge mistake. And so his dissonance goes up. Yeah. I'm using that just as an example. Um, now, after the wedding, of course, uh, if people line up and say, what a wonderful couple you'll make. And, and, and that's to kill the post-dissonance. Did I make a mistake? 
Now you can apply that to buying a car and, and you can you can apply it to a lot of things. But we would ask questions. Do you understand the concept first? Mm -hmm. Secondly, can you think of any time in your life when that was when that showed up? And how are you going to use that moving forward? How are you going to kill predissonance when you're looking at making a big decision? Or how are you going to deal with post-dissonance afterwards? So it's a wonderfully done program. It costs a lot of money and took about a year and a half to develop. And Denise Mills and, and John McNeil and some of the folks that are involved in it are, are really, really committed to helping people learn and to think more effectively. You know, I absolutely love it, uh, Donna. I thank you for introducing me to it. And I'm really excited about using it with my own clients uh, with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. I'm going through it, and I find it very helpful. Well, balanced well-being, the, the idea is we have a lot of components to our life, like we have our economic life, we have our family life, we have our spiritual life. And we, we do these activities where you give a chance to you know, rate yourself on a one to 10 scale. Where are you on these things? And then pick out the ones where you want to improve and say, what would it be like if you were an eight or a 10 instead of a two or a three? And it gives them goals to set. Mm -hmm. And um, thought process helps them fulfill those goals. It gives them a path to run on. Wonderful program. It's called Achieving Balanced Wellbeing. And it's the Pacific Institute community. And it's headed up by John McNeil. And I'm one of the brokers. He has, uh, there are several people that are, um, brokers, and then uh, you know we we uh, we get people who are interested in working with groups like yourself, who uh, can can use this as part of their coaching or can market the program. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really excited to using it. I always look for really effective tools with my clients because I really focus on communication and goal setting and closing gaps, and so it just it's really uh, a beneficial tool for the work that I am already doing with my clients. And I really recommend it. it it's achieving balanced well-being. Uh, for Don, for people wanting to learn more, um, would they email you to learn about this? I mean, they can always reach out to me too. Um, would they email you for that one too? Yes. Uh, my partner, Terry DePerrin, and I are working in Saginaw here. They say you can't come home, but I came back from Las Vegas and Scottsdale and for to write one book, a legacy book, about the Shepler's, Shepler family. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in my fourth life. So the legacy books have become a, an important part of what I'm doing. And uh, one of the life stories is about Terry DuPerrin, who is dyslexic, reads at the third grade level, but a very successful inventor and businessman. And uh, those stories are, are really fascinating. But if they want to just use my email to get a hold of me and or you, we'll yeah. do all the for them. And there's two people, people who want to just learn from the program and those who would like to use it as a part of their coaching or to uh, market it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that's a separate. But either one can call and we'll talk to them. Yeah. Give out, give out your email one more time. It's drdons426 at gmail.com. And you can always reach me at uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching and email me there uh, at the info uh, email at my website, Epiphany Communications and Coaching, or private message me on any of my social media platforms. There's Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook, and you can find me, Vanessa Denha-Garmo, on Twitter and Instagram, and on LinkedIn is a great place to reach me as well. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Uh, Don Steele today. He's an amazing talent. Uh, he's a doctor of philosophy, um, he's a writer, a coach, a teacher, a speaker, and he's a musician who's worked with some amazing talent, has produced many songs with amazing talent and worked with people 
uh, like Tammy Wynette and Willie Nelson. Um, we're talking about achieving balanced well-being. In your background uh, as an educator and a coach, what makes achieving balanced well-being so effective, in your opinion, in the work that you have done over the years and working with high-performance achievers? I think it's the missing link for so many people. They don't know really how their thought process works and how effective people hold a dream or a goal out in front of them and, and don't have to know the pathway to get there, but they have to think effectively. Your self-talk drives all of what happens at the subconscious level, and your subconscious drives 95% of our behavior. That's research-based, evidence-based information. So we, we do it, our subconscious, what we think about and hold in our mind most of the time. And that's true for a person who develops or fulfills a wonderful dream or meets several goals. It's also true for an addicted person person who's got an addiction, uh, that's on their mind all the time, and they move toward that, and they, they'll they'll make a commitment every day, I'm going to stop today, but they don't. So they have to change the thought process. That drives the change, not discipline, changing mm. the way you think. Do you feel, Dr. Don Steele, that a lot of people kind of get in their own way of success and achieving their goals? Yeah, I think uh, what I do, and I, I'll say this in simple terms, I mess with your mind. I show you how you, you know, how your thought processes are so wrong and, and how, how you can, uh, so ineffective would be better. And then how, here's how you can change that and then point out how you're getting in your own way by the way you think. And you change the way you think, you change the way you act, you change the way you act, you change the results, you change the results, you change your life. And so, you know, you know I don't want to preach here, but uh, I love what we teach. And now I love how we're presenting it because you don't have to hold meetings. You don't have, I mean, the meetings are Zoom meetings like we're doing right now. Uh, but you don't have to gather. You don't have to serve food. Uh, you know, you don't have to wait for everybody's calendar to work except for the Zoom meeting because they can watch the programs on their own. Yeah, I and, love it. Uh, I love the way that you guys have packaged it and designed it. And I've been doing more and more Zoom meetings since COVID for the last two years. And it's been very effective. And I enjoy working with my clients that way. And so do that day because we save time on travel time and set up time. And it just, to me, it's in a more efficient way of getting work done. Well, uh, you know, I'm a Neanderthal on the computer. That's a bad affirmation. That's getting in my own way. <laughs> uh, I love I it. Have, I have these young gals from Saginaw Valley that really help because they're really in tune with the current ways of doing things. And uh, when I'm paddling and trying to get to the shore, they help me. First, thank you for having me on this interview. It's really good to get this information out to people. And uh, Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. You know, and we don't have much balance in our lives. We tend to focus on one thing like our job and our family falls apart. So we focus on our family and our job falls apart. Yeah. Or we, or we don't have any spiritual underpinnings. And, uh, you know, I look at spirituality different than most people do, but... Uh, uh, you know, do we use our gifts uh, the way we should? Or, or are we like animals and just follow our instincts? Yeah. We're not slaves to our but sometimes yeah. we are. <laughs> we you know, that's, a, that's such a good point, Dr. Donstell, because of a, a big part of what I do as coaching is help people identify their natural talents, their gifts, as one of the tools that I use and see how they're using them to achieve their goals. And I think it's imperative. And, and balance is is so important. I mean, I start out my morning in prayer and I work for X amount of hours of the day and then I'm with my family. I mean, 
I try every day to strive for that balance. So I'm not over burning on one end and, and giving up something else on the other side. So that's what I love about achieving balanced well-being. It's so effective and, and how we even communicate to ourselves. Oh, I was talking to a school principal the other day, and she said the parents are blaming the teachers for their kids not being in school, and it's, it's the worst environment she's ever had to deal with where one, one person spit on her. I mean, it was wow. like, I'm not in control of this. So she needs to look at her whole life, you know, not just what's going on there and how can she mold and shape the uh, behaviors of others in positive ways by manifesting it, you know, by being yeah. a model rather than critic. You know, I always say kids need models more than they need critics. And, and uh, some of us do a good job of that and some don't. Yeah, people need to be coached, not criticized. You know what I mean? They yeah. need to be coached into success. And, and that's what I love about what you and I do is that we're coaching people to reach, to be the best version of themselves and to reach the, the goals that they're capable of reaching. Uh, critique is helpful when you help people improve, but not when you're bringing people down, you know, breaking them down. We're talking with Dr. Don Steele here on Itcher Community, owner of Performance Learning Incorporated. He is a speaker, a writer, a coach, uh, an entertainer. Uh, he's produced wonderful music, um, a talented musician. And we're talking about achieving balance while being a program that I'm actually working with him on my coaching services as well. And I'm actually going through the program myself and I absolutely love it. Don, before we let you go, what else do you want to leave our listeners with here on It's Your Community? Well, I love speaking engagements because it opens the door to uh, introducing people like yourself into the concepts and also combine that with music sometimes. Like when I work with the unions, we like to use Motown band. We have a Motown band. Oh, great idea. (laughs) We have country, we have rock and roll. So uh, music we build in as a way of producing coordinated action. Uh, you know, you, 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 the managers were created really to produce coordinated action. And how do you do that? And uh, the band is a good example. Uh, you know, what role does the bass player, the drummer, the lead singer, and, you know, how do you play your part but not get in the way of other people's parts and cooperate and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's just great fun, and people really enjoy it. Dr. Don Still, thank you so much for joining us here in Itcher Community and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me and uh, love working with you uh, on the coaching side because I know you bring a lot to the table and I hope to learn some things from you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or topics you want me to get to, you can easily email me. Go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching and email. shoot me an email or as I said earlier, Find me on any of my social media platforms and private message me there. And as always, we remind all of you, our listeners here on It's Your Community, to connect, to communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.